Well, welcome back, friends. This is going to be a new segment of sorts that I'm planning on instituting on the podcast. And this one will be, this one will be a thought. The love of money is the root of all evil. People will drop the love of money part and just say money is the root of all evil, and that's just people who either have an agenda to push or just don't know what they're talking about. And then there's others that will say that a better translation of this verse is one that says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And I say it like that because people will say it in a pandering sort of way, in a way that does not... It's not true to themselves, it's not true to the original manuscripts, it's not true to really anything. It's just a way to pander. It's a way to say that I can have money and a love of it, but it's just a root of all, or a, a root of all evil, or all kinds of evil. Meaning that there's, when it's, when it's said the way that it's said in the King James, when it's, when it's stated that the love of money is the root of all evil, there is a implicit understanding that you loving money, anyone loving money, a, the love of money is a thing that will cause evil. So at the root of all evil, any evil that you can look at, the root of it is the love of money. There's a verse in the Bible, Isaiah 45, 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these. That'll screw with some people. That'll make some people wonder, well, how, how, but, but how? I, the Lord creates evil? Just, just think about it. If you're going to have a, a belief in a God that is supreme. If you're going to have a belief that the Lord God is the one that has created everything on this earth, but you're going to exclude evil, that means that he isn't the creator of all things. It's just how it works. Now, evil, evil is, it's like the word terrible. Terrible doesn't mean, um, terrible doesn't mean it doesn't mean something that's of, of low quality. Terrible means that it's got terror in it. It is terrorizing. Just in the same way that awful doesn't mean something that is something to uh, disdain or be disgusted at. Awful simply means that it is full of awe. Awesome is essentially the same thing. You are filled with awe. Awe is basically wonder. So, evil is the same in that way. It doesn't have the same meaning today as it did when the King James Bible was penned. Evil does still mean all the things that we ascribe to it today, but evil is also an unfortunate circumstance. So, an unfortunate circumstance that would befall anyone and will befall everyone if you live long enough on the earth, an unfortunate circumstance is a form of evil. So, next time, next time something awful 
something terrible, something evil happens to you. Don't don't think that you're so good as a Christian person, as a believer, that you would in some way not merit that situation. If the Lord gave it to you, because he creates evil as well, and peace, if the Lord gave it to you, then you deserve it. You're not some some good person. You're not the best person that you think you are. That's not the way... That's If there's one thing that the Bible can teach us, and you, whoever you are, teach us, if there's one thing the Bible can teach us, it's that we're not good people. You're not a good person. There's so many things that are wrong about you. If you be honest with yourself, and actually think, it's not hard to be honest with yourself. You just got... You have to lower your self-esteem. And that would be enough for you to be honest with yourself. Anyway, I had an idea for a segment on the podcast where I would break down how the love of money truly is the root of all evil. Because like I said at the beginning, people will throw out this idea that it's not the root of all evil, that it is a root of all kinds of evil. Long way around to get to this point. Shoot, seven minutes. And I came back around to the initial statement. The love of money is what caused Snowmageddon in Texas. Last year, I believe it was last year, yeah, last year in 2021, major ice storm, major snow in Texas, and people were snowed in, there was like death. People were lighting fires in their home to keep warm because there was no energy. There was no electricity in the home to light the gas furnace there was no electricity to turn on the electric furnace to turn on to um light the pilot on the furnace and then move the fan in the furnace to spread the heated air throughout the home there was no energy to boil water there was nothing none of this it was all just snow ice no power except if if you had a generator but then how would you even pump your gas there was just no power none only people with generators made it made it actually did okay you know there 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 was support groups and whatnot but that, that that's not the point the point is power failure all over texas austin specifically major areas and everyone wanted to point their finger at oh texas is just oh so behind the times they just don't want to update their infrastructure and it's just it's just a a shame that texans are so oh gosh why don't they oh texans I'm throwing all this out there. That's not the that's not the actual sentiment, I don't think. Maybe it is. Maybe people actually do think Texans are just backwater hillbillies. And whatever. I make jokes about people from Missouri all the time. I'm from Missouri. We say that you're backwater hillbillies. You know, just cousin lovers. Whatever you want to say. That's not that's not the problem here. The problem here is a is it is an no, is a misunderstanding of the facts. The facts is that and it's not because I know this from personal um, experience. This is because I've heard plenty of people explaining what what happens in Texas. In Texas, there's a company that controls all of the energy. In Washington State, energy is uh, the main provider is Avista. Avista is the energy provider for Washington State, at least in uh, the Spokane area. And in Texas, that company's name is ERCOT. And ERCOT is... Oh, sheesh. Okay, so in the same way that there is a market for cheese, 
different cheeses have different prices and different uh, manufacturing processes and, and all the way from farm to table, it's a different manufacturing process than we'll just say steel or a laptop. There's, there's a market for it. It's a product that has a market wrapped around it. And that market is a part of the system of markets that makes up the market. Okay. ERCOT had found a way. It's not just finding a way. It's, it's rather simple. You just kind of gamble things. You, know, you, you, turn, you can turn a group of markets into its own specific market. And that's what Wall Street does. So what they found out they could do is we can trade energy. We can, we can put our bets, hedge our bets against a certain amount of necess- uh, energy that will be required in the future and uh, bet against it or bet for it. So you can short the energy market. And that's what happened. What happened was people would bet, a, bet their money against the system, essentially saying, I want the energy system to fail so I can make a profit. And it happened. They got a profit. The system failed and they got a profit. So when I say the love of money is the root of all evil, people died. People died from carbon monoxide inhalation. People died because they froze. People died because they were snowed in because they couldn't get anywhere. They couldn't call anyone to come and help them. They died. That's an evil. We can call it an unfortunate circumstance if you want to call it that, but people died because of the love of money. And you can ask yourself, well, these Texans, why, why, just, why? but it's their fault. They didn't, their, their systems are so antiquated and old. They run on coal. You know, coal kills people too. Okay. The reason why their system is, it didn't have necessary backups is because Texas has been really pushing for renewable resources. But renewable resources like wind and solar are not as readily available as people would like to assume. Wind is a once in a while thing. Solar is more reliable in in, in a certain way, but the delivery mechanism isn't the same. A delivery mechanism, an infrastructure for power requires it to be readily available. If you're going to be powering a certain number of homes and giving them the convenience level that they're at currently. The current convenience level of America is that as soon as I flip a switch or plug something in, I get instant power. And every time someone does that, that is a draw on the power system. Have you ever, to give an example, have you ever had a large power load on one outlet? So you're really pushing the envelope on how much power you're pulling from this one outlet. It's on a 15 amp breaker, 20 amp breaker, we'll say. And you plug in a three-way extension cord splitter that's 100 foot long, and you have a table saw, a miter saw, and a roto hammer. And you're you're running the table saw. Someone pulls the button on the miter saw, and you hear a bog down on one of the motors. And then, and then someone uses the roto hammer, and everything starts bogging down. If the breaker doesn't trip. You'll do your job, that's fine, if it doesn't trip. But everything will be operating at a less than optimal at less than optimal performance. That's what happens to the electric motors 
that are, are the coal power generator every time someone plugs something into a you know fractional degree of what it was a what we could call statistically insignificant degree but that's what happens to every motor so texas had invested heavily in wind and solar wind and solar doesn't have the luxury of just cranking up the coal burner and continuing to deliver out more electricity whenever there's peak times they just they just do their same thing they have batteries that store their energy capacitors which the technology is getting better but it's still the instant delivery isn't the same you'll get an instant delivery but you can't you can't take a load you can't this is why algorithms are so important important to uh to companies like this these algorithms are supposed to be able to predict when a a power a power surge is going to hit the capacitor if we're talking about wind and solar and the battery storage so we need to store this amount for this moment and then once it gets stolen for this certain amount of time or used up the energy then we can just start storing it up again until the next moment but with a coal-powered plant it's just continually running no matter what and the algorithms can help there too because then you'd be able to invest in uh, capacitors that can dish out a certain amount at a certain point and then you can run your machines at a um, lower we'll just call it rpm and then just save on energy in the long run you wouldn't be burning as much as often but either way because of another love of money meaning a entirely new industry that has been created a new market of renewable resources and the love of money from the politicians that are heavily invested in these that are signing regulations that are forcing companies and and states to convert to a different standard of energy production now we have power failures now we have power plants that can't keep up now we have uh, power grids getting constant brownouts and blackouts and rolling blackouts so we can share the load across the state and we're just supposed to deal with it and say well that's just texas that's just the way texas works now i love texas I'd love to move there one day and get a whole house generator for whenever this kind of nonsense comes up again, because it will, because there's no way for them to stop that. That market is in place and to dissolve it completely would ruin a market and ruining a market doesn't, doesn't have good effects down the long way, down the pipe. So that's, 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 there's, there's a, there's an example of how the love of money is truly the root of all evil. And that's my example for the day. That is my segment of the day. But speaking of loving, speaking of love of money being the root of all evil, let's get into the value for value pitch. This podcast is 100% value for value, meaning I take time out of my day to record this. Whether or not y'all care about it, whether or not it's actually informative, whatever. This is my contribution to everyone who listens. I will be as as honest as I possibly can, thinking as deeply as I possibly can on certain things and trying to rationalize certain things to a degree where everyone can win. So anyone who is a solid King James Bible believer will be able to use this as well as many other segments that will be coming down the pipeline to explain why their translation is a better one than the ones that are purporting to be a holy Bible. Being that this podcast is value for value, though, 
no one can tell me to stop. No one can um, threaten me to stop. I don't think anyone would, but you never know. And no one can ever take this down, which is just wonderful. So having said all that, I follow the three T's that are soon to be recorded in the manifesto that will be written by Adam Clark Curry on how to live a truly value for value existence. And that will be, like I said, recorded by yours truly, just like everything else that I record for the general public and will be recording for the general public. I will put in audio form all of the all of the things that would never be recorded in audio form. I thought, you know what, tangent, I thought, you know what, let me, let me record all of the things that have no more copyright claims that are all open, not open source, I keep forgetting the name, the, the public domain, there it is. Now they're all public domain. Mickey Mouse is supposed to uh, lose, his, <laughs> lose his copyright status, so public domain will go crazy with Mickey, Ma- with Mickey Mouse art, but that's, that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter if he will or not, it will or not, it's still, there's, there's that. But I thought, let, let, me, let me record some public domain things uh, in audio form because that would be good practice. And I thought to myself, I said that I was going to record things that wouldn't be in audio form because of multitudes of different factors, but one being the fact that there's no way to advertise on that. There's no way to, for a major corporation to associate itself with a recording like that. Now, I thought, as a perfect example to use would be Ted Bundy's manifesto, but that had already that has already been recorded by the folks at the Grimerica podcast, which thank God for them. But I thought, what about people who have religious opinion pieces? They're never going to get their stuff recorded. There are books upon books upon books by old preachers and old people that that write down to the best of their abilities their beliefs and I hear all the time in in my own church I hear all the time from believers they say I just don't understand how someone could have a belief that that wild and the problem is they just choose not to understand it so I'm going to make that easier for them so there's no more excuses I have a few on the way recordings that will be edited shortly and put out there for anyone to listen to and enjoy But until then, this is me signing off on the end of this episode, right after the value for value segment. Send in your your time, talents, or treasure. Follow the link in the description that is to my website where you can download, where you can donate either of the three. That's it. Signing off for the Claudcast. And uh, I'll catch you all in the next one. Peace.